hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio, along with, of course, Stitcher, Double Twist, other applications out there. Thank you always for joining me today. It is getting a little colder again after it was nice and warm. A couple of snow flurries moving around, but it is what it is. This will more than likely, in fact, I'm giving it like about 99.9% chance to be the last uh, regularly scheduled Thursday show until next fall. That's just the way it goes as we head into off-season or, of course, me getting into the lawn cleanups. Would have been nice if the Wild were heading into the postseason or whatever because that's basically what would be going on right now. Maybe Minnesota versus Vegas, Wild versus St. Louis. Oh, goody. I don't know how that would have gone, but <laughs> Vegas might have been a very interesting series. Colorado, we know how those can go. They usually, there's usually a roller coaster, and the Wild end up winning in Game Seven on the road with a in in overtime. That's usually how things go, unless of course we're favored to win the series. Then we find a way to lose it in six. But yeah, it's crazy to think we played three different series against the Colorado Avalanche. Kind of cool. That's why you could kind of call them a rival, even though they have two cups and we've never even been to the final. But, yeah, but that's how it is. So, yes, uh, lawn cleanup season is beginning. It's been approved by the governor. We can do uh, lawn work, which is nice. Uh, It's just getting started, just starting to green up out there. Of course, today doesn't look like the best day for it. Probably a little too chilly. (laughs) But uh, that's why the Thursday, the regularly scheduled Thursday shows will be, you know, they're just, this happens every year. It's nothing new. They're just done for now. And uh, the show will be uh, released sporadically here and there, like I always call it rainy days and Mondays, so to speak, and that doesn't mean literally Mondays, it's just the song, but just kind of here and there, like rainy days, or of course, maybe I'd say rainy days and weekends is more likely, maybe like a Sunday evening or something, I throw out a show, or Saturday evening, or something, just something, whatever it is, then it'll get Brave the Wild, and of course, eventually, State of the Wild 2020, it's usually in June every year, season wrap-up, of course, there's no Stanley Cup playoffs to talk about, but we talk about the draft, free agency, where the Wild will head, and all that. But it's kind of a cool show. We do it every se- uh, every year, every June, or should I say, I do it. I just say we, as in me and the, me and me and you listening. I suppose wrap up the show, and if you comment about things, this and that. But that's kind of how it goes there. <clears throat> so today again, we're going to field some questions. I'm, I have my uh, I put together right here. You can just hear it anyway. My Minnesota Wild all-time team. So four lines, three defensive pairings, and two goaltenders. Just why not? It's it's quarantine season, right? It's uh, this happens once every hundred years or so. Hopefully, it's hopefully this is it for the next hundred years, or whatever. We'll see what happens with the future there. <laughs> hopefully, we're not going to be going through this every year or every other year. Ah, but um, yeah, why not? Why not reminisce a bit? And of course, there are some current members of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, in very high places on this team because that's just how it is. Certain players are pretty good players that deserve to be there or they're wrapping up their career in certain guys. But uh, yeah, why not? Why not do that? And of course, we'll field your questions. Hashtag BTWMN, which which, is a bit more of a stable this week, which is good. Yep, I got more of a question stable and comments and stuff on Twitter. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Going to get a few shout-outs out of the way here and there too, just kind of as I go. I probably shouldn't do them all right now. I might piss you off because I'm just getting the show started. So, let's jump right into the Minnesota all the Minnesota Wild all-time team. We'll start with the forwards, of course. The top line for the Minnesota Wild is, well, the center position has to go to Miko Koivu because we never really truly had a top center. He kind of was, at times, kind of a top center, a super good second-line center, 
however you want to call him, but Miko Cuevo is the best center in wild history, regardless of how we look at him right now. Longevity and, of course, good, strong defense. And some of those seasons, especially in the early days, he looked like he was on his way to 70 to 80 points. Remember that one year, was it Matthias Olin broke his leg, slashed him in the back of the leg and broke the bone there. That was unbelievable. Uh, Cuevo was on his way to at least 70 points that year. And that bleeped all that up and the wild tailspin after that and didn't make the postseason as uh, was quite often in the early days of Brave the Wild. That was that in-between age, you know, after the playoff run and before Parisi and Studer. The first five or so years of this show, the Minnesota Wild didn't make the postseason. We were just kind of wallowing in mediocrity to below average. Miko Cuevo, your top-line center. Left wing is going to be Zach Parisi. He's the best uh, left winger in the history of the Minnesota Wild. It just is what it is. Obviously, great goal scorer. He would get these hat tricks here and there. He... Had a big game six years ago against the Colorado Avalanche, if I remember correctly. It, it had to have been that one. And, of course, he scored a big goal against the St. Louis Blues when the Wild ended up winning that series in six games the first time around, 2015, not 17. 17 was a little different story, unfortunately, with the St. Louis Blues. Little did we know how a magical season they would have two years later after all of that with a different coach. Right winger is the easiest of all. He's the best player in Wild history, despite the groin injuries, despite the contract holdouts. Uh, this guy could score with anybody. Uh, unfortunately, he never had a 100-point season throughout his career, but that would be Marion Gabrick, of course, out of the Czech Republic, if I'm saying it correctly. I hope that's correct. Might be Slovakia, actually, but I apologize. I'm going back and forth between those two because things split up, obviously, over the years. But um, it is what it is. Marion Gabrick, what an unbelievable career. And, well, he was the best wild player ever, to be quite honest. Just to be, Just to put it blunt, put it simple... Best wild player in the history, and it is uh, it just kind of uh, oh Trenton, yeah Trenton, Slovakia. So I do apologize for that. I just wanted to verify that on the fly here. Apologize, I should have known that. That, that I, I do remember that. It's just blanked on it. Uh, Marion Gabrick, though, again, hat tricks, spectacular moves, just an absolute sniper. Some fun, interesting stories from Jacques Lemaire about you know, are you gonna <laughs> is he gonna be ready to play right out of the gate? coming out of the draft as an 18-year-old, and uh, Jacques Lemaire basically tested him, as long as you stop right here, you'll be on the team. And then he stopped, and then Jacques was like, oh, you're on the team, man. That's <laughs> really funny. So, cool story. Uh, I forget who that conversation was with now. I'm blanking, but it was quite an interesting uh, show <laughs> out there. Uh, the second line, Pavel Dimitri is going to be the second line center all time, partially because, again, he wasn't here very long, and, of course, God rest his soul. Of course, he died in a plane crash. With, uh, with multiple other players. That was unbelievable. Years ago, about 2011, if I remember correctly. Uh, Pavel Dimitra, yeah, uh, great center. Obviously, not a good defensive player, but a lot of centers aren't. You know, <laughs> some, some, they're, they're supposed to be, but some of them just aren't, I guess. Pavel Dimitra definitely uh, made the Minnesota Wild offense with Marion Gabrick very prolific. Uh, it was a lot of fun. He was a top-line center at, uh, with the Minnesota Wild during that time. Uh, quite a spectacular era for Minnesota. Left winger, second line left winger all-time, Andrew Burnett. Obviously, he had the great goal against the Colorado Avalanche. Was so consistent, was one of the nicest people to ever wear the, the, the Minnesota Wild sweater. One of the coolest guys ever. And he just played a consistent, solid game. He could score, he could hit, he kind of did what he needed out there. Never the kind of guy you'd really imagine as, as a... Uh, you just never wanted to say anything negative about the guy because he was just such a great person and, of course, uh, a damn good, solid player. 
Uh, left winger, Andrew Brunette, one of my all-time favorite members of the Minnesota Wild. Right winger, well, it shows how, how slim we are at the right wing position. It was between Jason Tominville and Mikhail Granlin. I wound up with Tominville because he had some big seasons. He had a 30-goal season along the way. He had a good start to his run here in Minnesota. Unfortunately, he aged kind of quickly, and that's just how it goes. You sign a multi-year contract, five-year deal when you're 30 years old. That's just kind of how it goes sometimes. You start to lose some of that, that quickness. His skating kind of dropped off. The hands were still there, and he'd occasionally be capable of a pretty cool-looking play, but a pretty cool goal, especially the crazy angle he scored for Buffalo against Minnesota when he was traded back to Buffalo with Marco Scandella years later. Jason Pomerville, right wing, second line, yeah. Third uh, third line, the center has to be Eric Stahl. Obviously, fantastic job with the Minnesota Wild. I only put Pavel Dimitra ahead of him because he was just so prolific in the time he was here. Uh, I was thinking of putting Stahl and Dimitra. It's just kind of a back-and-forth thing. We'll just call them members of the middle six. Obviously, Stahl and Dimitra. You could kind of move those two guys back and forth. Eric Stahl was absolutely has been absolutely great for the Minnesota Wild. Unfortunately, he's very much reaching the end of his career, and he's here next year, if we like it or not. But <laughs> he can still score. He's still got the hands, but he's slower than than a turtle in a snowstorm. That's just kind of how it is at this stage with Eric Stahl. He always kind of liked to lull goalies to sleep and then beat them with his hands. And that's kind of Eric Stahl's game in a lot of ways anyway. Uh, but definitely a 42-goal season stands out in a big way. You could almost have put him number one, but... With Miko Koivu, out of respect, he's got to be the number one center in, in wild history. That's just how it is. Eric Stahl, Pavel Dimitra, you can kind of interchange the two, but Eric Stahl, to me, being a little bit slower, I imagine him as a third-line center versus Pavel Dimitra. Left winger, one of the more prolific guys in wild history from scoring on the left wing. A guy I wasn't a huge fan of because it seemed like most of his goals were not at big moments. They were always at the wild or up. 4-2 to two or whatever, and then he'd score the fifth goal. Or the Wilder losing 4-1 to one and he'd score a second goal. Or 4 nothing and he'd score the only goal in the game. Games like that. 5-1 five to, five to one and he scores goal number 2 with like 30 seconds left. It seemed like a lot of his goals were almost stat padding. Not that he meant it that way, it just happened that way. Uh, occasionally he'd have some big ones though, and again, that's Brian Ralston. Uh, I, it's like I was a fan of his and then not a fan, and then a fan and not a fan, because he'd have a good moment here and there, but generally speaking, I do think a lot of his goals were not at the greatest time when the game was already kind of like over one way or another. But hey, out of respect, Brian Ralston absolutely deserves to be a member of the Minnesota Wild all-time team, and he'll be a third-line uh, left winger. I know some of you listening might be like, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> Brian Ralston should probably be number two, but I can't put him over Brunette or Parisi. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot, neither the, the fourth-line guy either, who played for fourth-line for Minnesota for an extended period, even at times this season, if you can believe it. Now, you'll hear who he is in a moment. Right-winger Mikhail Granlin. It was, again, between Mikhail Granlin and Jason Pominville, just like Stahl Dimitra, and some people might even put Ralston Burnett, this type of thing. But Mikhail Granlin, third-line right-winger. Even though he shoots left and this and that, he played a lot of right-wing for Minnesota, a la, you know, uh, Kevin Fiala and others, of course. Zuccarillo, guys like that, they're a natural left shot, but they play well on the right side. So that was Mikhail Granlin. He ends up being the uh, third best uh, right winger in wild history at the end of the day, at least on my all-time team, we'll put it that way. Obviously loved his uh, passing ability and the chemistry he had with Jason Zucker and, uh, and Quaiva. What a beautiful line that was at times. Those guys played better than anybody when they played together. The great passing and then the goal scoring, that was uh, that was definitely there. Like Quavo could put it in, and Granlin had a 26-goal season during one of those years. Um, absolutely prolific. He had a hat-trick against Vancouver. Absolutely loved Mikhail Granlin, Granlin, Granlin. 
out of Finland. It is pronounced Gronland correctly, but a lot of us got used to saying Grandland, and of course, you know, he was okay with it, basically. He said, go ahead and call me Grandland, doesn't matter. Uh, Doc Emmerich, of course, jumped on the air uh, a few years ago and was like, Mikhail Gronland. And everybody's like, it's Grandland. And he said, no, it is Gronland. I asked him specifically, and he told me it is Gronland. So it is the correct pronunciation. And how, how, how could any of us doubt Doc Emmerich? Of course, he's, he knows what he's doing. And, but then Granlin was like, it's okay, just call me Granlin. You know, everyone's used to it. So that was the direction we went with that. Fourth line, one of my favorite players in wild history. Not everybody's favorite, but some people love him. A lot of people do, and some people don't, for whatever reason. Maybe the way he quit uh, on the team in his last season. He just kind of quit during the middle of the season. Some people didn't like that very much. Me, I was kind of like, I, I guess it's okay. I mean, if you don't think you can play anymore, it is what it is. It wasn't a good thing, but it is what it is. Uh, Wes Walls. He's the fourth line center. What a great checking checking line center he was for Minnesota for years on the third line. He had that speed. The defense was he's one of the best defensive centers in the NHL throughout his career, especially with Minnesota. Uh, he almost won that Selkie Award, and he did not get it. It was heartbreaking. That was during the 203 season, and he said he was actually kind of pissed off because he thought, hey, I, I thought I did earn that, and he didn't get it. Didn't have the name recognition. And, of course, it always goes to the big stars that everybody knows who they are. And that's just that's just the way things are. It's frustrating. West Wall's fourth line center. Left winger on the fourth line, Jason Zucker. Jason Zucker, he did play some fourth line, of course, for Minnesota. Blah, blah, blah. But that's not why he's there. It's just because he at least belongs on the Minnesota Wild all-time team. A guy who could, keep, uh, who could score 20 goals. He could score 30 goals. He could make some really nice saucer passes. His defense improved. Uh, starting out, he was a, kind of a slow starter for Minnesota. Always looked promising, and then it's like, ah, then the consistency was there, and then it was, wasn't was there. Ah, it was, he was kind of a streaky guy, this and that, and that's why he's not one of the best players necessarily at the top line there, top, top two lines. But certainly a very prolific scorer at, at times when he was when he was on his game. Jason Zucker could be absolutely spectacular. And, of course, this is a pretty fast, good skating fourth line, to be quite honest. Wes Walls, Jason Zucker, and Pierre-Marc Bouchard. He was the owner of the Spinorama on the uh, on the shootout. A guy who probably should have been higher, but concussions derailed his career. Crying shame. Obviously played a quite a few games. His career started out as an Ironman. He didn't miss a game for like his first four seasons pretty much. And then the concussion kind of took over and slowed his career down. Might have even been five years. He just was absolutely spectacular. But uh, Pierre-Marc Bouchard, absolutely a solid skater. Great stick handler, great uh, playmaker, and occasionally could score some goals. Definitely a skilled player. I wouldn't call him a bust, certainly, for where he was taken, but I also wouldn't say he overall lived up to the hype. There were times, again, that he was capable of being a 60- to 70-point guy, and it was there, but sometimes it wasn't. And, of course, the concussions derailed things later on, and it was a crying shame because he he definitely had skill. He definitely wasn't a bust for where he was taken. No question about that. And uh, Goivu and Gabrick were taken awfully high in the first two drafts in Minnesota Wild History. Bouchard was in the third draft. And a guy on the fourth draft is in this group, too. You'll, you'll, most of you know who that is when we get to it, obviously, in a couple seconds here. But uh, there's your lines. Uh, top line, Miko Koivu. Left wing, Zach Parisi, Marion Gabrick. On the right, Dimitra. Second line center with Brunette on the left, Palmerville on the right. Third line, Eric Stahl. Center. And uh, left wing, Brian Ralston. And right wing, Mikhail Granlin. Fourth line, Wes Walls. Left wing, Jason Zucker. And right wing, Pierre Mock Bouchard. Definitely a fun player and one of Jacques Lemaire's favorites over the years. 
Now let's get to defense. You could say right, you could say left, but uh, it kind of is what it is. These guys did pair out nicely in a lot of ways, and it is the all-time team, but it's the two top defensemen right now in the Minnesota Wilds, uh, Ryan Suter and Jared Spurgeon. Regardless if you feel it should be Suter and Dumba together right now on the, on the top pairing, but it's it's Suter and Spurgeon, and they are the best two defensemen in Minnesota Wild history at the end of the day. Second pairing, Jonas Brodeen and Brent Burns. Brent Burns. Brent Burns, as uh, Jacques Lemaire would say, Burns. It took a long time for him to develop, just like it's kind of taken Dumba at times a little while. Most of his greatness happened after he left, but he was still an outstanding defenseman for Minnesota. He had 40 points. He had a 43-point season for Minnesota, which was the best of all time at that time. Uh, unfortunately, during like his last days in Minnesota, it came out that during one of the seasons, he had a concussion and never never really followed it, never really told anybody. And there was no real research about it from uh, Doug Risebrow, and that may have helped lead to Doug Risebrow's firing. There was no real... Like, it just it happened under Doug Risebrough's watch, and he didn't really pay attention to what was going on. There should have been some kind of conversation, like, Burns, what's going on here? Uh, how can you have a concussion and just keep playing? That's pretty messed up. But uh, that was a crying shame. Ended up having an absolutely spectacular career with the San Jose Sharks, and is probably a Hall of Famer. Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet uh, Brent Burns many years ago. I had one of those Taste of the Wild moments. Uh, it was a skills competition, and there was that Taste of the Wild. It was so much fun. Uh... You get to meet like three or four guys. You line up. There's different groups. Obviously, the Gabrick line was like a mile long. So it's like, nah, I'm not going to bother. Go to with the one with Andrew Burnett and Brent Burns and others and get to meet this 18-year-old kid who would go on to be an absolutely spectacular player. Just an innocent, nice kid. Such a nice guy. Uh, and he's so young. And I was like, my God, it's just unbelievable. And what he turned out to be years later, it's just like, wow. I, I could still see his face and the young, that young, friendly face that he had. And now you see him with his huge beard, and he's this, probably this future Hall of Famer for the San Jose Sharks with like 60, 70-point seasons as a defenseman. Unbelievable player, Brent Burns. Uh, Nick Schultz, quite a shame he didn't wind up here. Uh, Nick Schultz will be on the bottom pairing. Uh, longevity, consistency, not a, not a great player, but it is what it is. Bottom pairing, at least. Uh, he was mostly second rank for Minnesota throughout his career. Was quite a scorer in juniors, like a 50-point defenseman, but it does show how sometimes it does not translate to the NHL because he was pretty much never a 20-point guy in the NHL. Just a solid stay-at-home defenseman who didn't really stand out, but he didn't really hurt anybody either. Good, solid guy. And then the right, well, the, the last right defenseman is obviously Matt Dunn, at very least. When you got Spurgeon and Burns above you, it is what it is. That right side looks pretty damn amazing, but so does the left, quite frankly, Suter. Obviously an overall a great defenseman, probably the best in wild history. Unless you want to say it's Spurgeon's between those two. Jonas Brodeen, though, is way up there, obviously. The best defensive defenseman in wild history. And I hope he's on the roster next year, but we'll see. Schultz, Mr. Consistency, and then Matt Dumba, obviously great rifle shot, who's had a 50-point season, which is uh, only rivaled by uh, Ryan Suter. But, of course, you know, so far it's been inconsistent and, of course, had some defensive lapses. Uh, most defensemen do have defensive lapses, though, especially the younger ones that are just getting started, this and that, uh, like Burns and Dumba throughout the day. And, uh, you know, even Spurgeon wasn't spectacular right out of the gate, but he certainly showed signs fairly early of what he could do. But uh, definitely a very solid uh, solid group of defensemen. Minnesota Wild have some damn good defensemen. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. As uh, they, made the, uh, they made Lou Nanny's Minnesota North Stars and Minnesota Wild uh, all-time all team, where you combine both clubs, and you put players, you know, on there, and it has to just be the, you know, 12 forwards, 
six defensemen and two goalies. Uh, so pretty cool to imagine how many, uh, like three three wild defensemen made it when you consider how the North Stars were here a bit longer than the than the Wild, but um, uh, the North, but they still made it. Three defensemen still made that pairing. Where the forwards, there's a lot more North Stars. It just is what it is. Some pretty good scorers on that North Stars team, like Bellos and Madano and Neil Broden. You could just go on forever. Bobby Smith, guys like that. Goaltender Devin Dubnik and Nicholas Backstrom. Devin Dubnik and Nicholas Backstrom, easily the two best goalies in Wild history. And we'll go with Dubnik. He gets the nod uh, just a little bit better. Obviously, when Dubnik is at the top of his game, it's a little bit better than when Backstrom was at the top of his game. Unfortunately, both of their careers derailed by basically too much playing time and injuries that kind of catch up with you over the course of time, wear and tear, this and that. But those are your two goaltenders that go down as the greatest in Wild history at the end of the day. So there's your all-time Minnesota Wild team. Hopefully you like it. If you don't agree, it's up to you. You can mention it on Twitter, this and that. You can put your own up there, too, if you want, on Twitter, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash bravethewild.minnesota. Going to give a shout-out to MNW Prospects, MNW Prospects, facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects, Pavel Burnett, Merrick Skyba. I don't know if Merrick Skyba has been posted on there anymore, but I'll still mention him until somebody tells me not to. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. Justin Back, Brandon Quast, and myself were all parts of the MNW Prospects. Uh, we covered the Minnesota Wild, of course, but, but we focus heavily on the prospects in the AHL, the ECHL, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, BCHL, WHL with Adam Beckman, guys like that. Uh, so much fun. Um, OHL, uh, all the different uh, juniors, and of course, college. College players as well, as there's a lot of Minnesota Wild uh, prospects that are in college right now, Boston College and University of Connecticut. There's no gopher at the moment. Hopefully there's one soon. But Jack Sadik is hanging around in the ECHL, and he's scored pretty well at the ECHL level. We'll see what happens. That's not the best place necessarily. Uh, but we'll see what happens at the end of the day. It's going to be quite, quite interesting, to say the least. I really enjoyed the uh, conversation with Sam Onnes with, on uh, Straight from the Source. That's another Michael, uh, Michael Russo podcast out there. Highly recommend that. Sam Onnes, a guy I've been touting forever when I get into the AHL conversation. For MNW Prospects, I cover the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, QMJHL, and of course the BCHL. That's I have the honor of covering those two junior leagues. It's a lot of fun. When it, uh, regarding Minnesota Wild Prospects, anyway. Sean Budrias, Alexander Hovanov, and Nikita Nestorenko in the BCHL, in that case. The first two were in the QM, QMJHL. Love that league very much. Interesting stuff. Get to do some searching here in a minute too. So let's get to the uh, let's get to the Twitter account at Brave the Wild. The mentions to start things out. Derek Felska says check out the latest Brave the Wild podcast where he talks the Minnesota Wild situation with its centers and goaltenders and takes answer, and takes and answers fan questions too. Check it out and thank you so much, Derek Felska of Crease and Assist. Of course, major shout out to him as well. And he's been on the show before. He will be on again. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not looking for a regular co-host just because I, my schedule is not going to add up to most people's schedules. It just is what it is. It's it's hard to schedule together with somebody unless you work like a normal 9-to-5 type of job, which I don't. It's just not how it is. And, and now it's two jobs again. So it is what it is. And plus, <clears throat> I've always enjoyed doing solo. But at the same time, I do like having somebody on sometimes. But, uh, you know just not on a regular basis. It's it's too hard for me, I got honestly, especially with the schedule. Nothing personal the way it goes. It's just how it is. Uh, I used to have Neil on a lot. Of, that's why you still see his name on there, and unfortunately he passed away years ago. 
Uh, very sad situation there. But uh, one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. I, I knew him for about 10 years. Uh, so definitely a sad end, ending to that. Boy, oh boy. Mm, very sad. About, yep, I knew him about 10 years. Neil Nate Dog Thiesing. Let's get to uh, Twitter again. Vince Germano, Lakers, Pies, Browns. We tweeted the most recent uh, post of the show when I basically let out, like, hey, this, the show is out, Brave the Wild, episode 234. So thank you again, Derek Felska, sharing it twice here. Thank you very much. Great show by Brave the Wild. Talked about Winnesota, the Winnesota the, the, the documentary. That's Dan Winnesota. Discussed the Minnesota Wild Center and goaltender issues and took fan questions. Yeah, thank you guys very much. That was a lot of fun. A couple of people, uh, Justin Back and Tom Hayen, liking the post. Winnesota, there he is, Dan Winnesota. Yep, he, he, I mean, what an awesome documentary. And he does it on multiple Minnesota sports teams. Timberwolves, I forget if it's the Vikings and Twins. I think he does it for all of them, ultimately, at the end of the day. And he has a book coming out. Let's see what uh, Dan Winnesota has to say here. He says, thanks to Joey, at Brave the Wild, for the shout-out on his podcast today. Yep, and you're getting one right now as well. <laughs> It never gets old hearing that someone watched my amateur film and said good things about it. Appreciate you. And it was really good, though. It was really good. I got to see Lou Nanny in, in, in the office building there. That was pretty cool in downtown Minneapolis. How cool was that? Lou Nanny, conversation with him. He says, if you're looking for a Minnesota Wild Talk, check out Joey's podcast. Thank you. Yep, and thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, <clears throat> yep, thank you very much. Hope you, hope you enjoyed the show, and I really loved the... Uh, Really love what you did. I said I enjoyed the entire thing. Very informative and all that and thought-provoking. It's interesting. And, you know, it's very Minnesota-like how the city of Minneapolis, this and that. I mean, they, they, they for so long, they kept getting in the way of teams getting stadiums done. It's just the way it is. So it's kind of a, kind of everybody's fault at the end of the day. But uh, do watch the video. You get to see the big picture. Minnesota, Norm still sucks. Minnesota, Norm still sucks. Because he still sucks. Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just said, uh, Minnesota continues on a different tweet, says, I just finished the book, which will be out soon, so I will have time to finish the last two parts of the film. Vikings and Gophers, there you go. Okay, I see. So the Twins and the Timberwolves are done. Now it's Vikings and Gophers on Minnesota, so he's going to continue with those releases out there. And again, well done. Looked really good. Really good. Looked good, sounded good, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Very thought-provoking. See if there's some more mentions. Uh, Mike was saying, can't wait to see the purple film. He was mostly addressing uh, Minnesota, which is fine. Just my tweet, tweeter was still in there. Kind of a back and forth conversation there, and that's okay. Uh, what was he saying here? Mike was saying, you have no idea how much I will recollect or remember how it made me feel at the time. Oh, yeah, when teams... Uh, not sure which one he means there, but that's okay. <laughs> Let them back and forth conversation with there. Here we go. Derek Felska, and he wanted me to see this, I'm sure. The athletic rating of the Minnesota Wild TV broadcast, 29th. 29th. So they are the 29th rated uh, TV broadcast in the NHL. 29th. Ouch. He says, was no surprise to us. Uh, Dan Minnesota talked about that a long time ago. Check it out. Interesting. Interesting. Increase in assist. Retro Weekend article, so do look up that one right there, where they basically were talking about how <clears throat> the Minnesota Wild broadcast crew was ranked 29th, and I do think Mike Greenlay's part of that, unfortunately. I kind of, you know, I think, uh, I don't know, it's, I'll come back to that in a little bit. 
I think Anthony LaPanta has a really good voice, this and that. I love the way he says, scores! But then again, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just not the best, I suppose. Uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, Mike Greenlee's not the most popular guy. And, and there is a little bit too much of homerism, I think, with some of them over there. A little bit too much homerism. Maybe it's a little more honesty would be good. Tom Hayen was saying, no surprise at all. Minnesota Wild TV crews have just been not very good at the job. Fortunate enough to have DirecTV, and the only crew worse that I've heard is the the Flies. Hmm. They are worse because Edwards is just a bad person. Always will get the, the homerism, but Edwards is just an asshole. Hmm. Tom Hayen, not a big fan of that one, huh? Interesting. See, if that's the end of the matches, then we get to the questions. I believe we will. I believe we will, my lord. So let's uh, do hashtag BTN. No. Hashtag BTWMN. Pardon me. Get to that right here, right now. As we wait for this to load. Unfortunately, now it brings up all the random dates. Ah, it was kind of nice if I just left it alone the way it was. It was actually showing them all up there. So we get to do some scrolling now to get caught up where we need to be. Still getting caught up. April 7th, Teresa. Teresa Ferries says, The NFL has announced a virtual draft and MLB is considering all 30 teams playing their seasons in Arizona with no fans and players sitting in stands and not a dugout. Yep, that's well, that's social distancing, isn't it? Do you think this will inspire the NHL to announce their plans? Possibly, but so far they haven't. They keep kind of hinting at maybe there's no regular season, but they haven't uh, they haven't iced out the playoffs yet. Odds are there is going to be no regular season at all, and <clears throat> maybe there'll be a postseason, maybe a shortened one. I don't know what's happening, honestly, uh, Teresa. I don't know what's happening uh, at MN Soda 24. I don't know what's happening at this point. Um, Again, still hoping for a miracle. This whole thing just kind of blows away and when we uh, go back to normal in the next couple of weeks. But I, I don't know. That's kind of where we're at right now because if this drags on the way it is, I don't think we're going to be seeing a whole lot of uh, sports for a while. And that's that stinks. It really stinks. Derek Felska says, What Canadian major junior team do you think has the best looking jersey and or logo? That's a toughie. And it's like after looking around, looking around a little bit, I think I think it's the Bay... By Comeo Drekar. Uh, that is, that's a logo. I mean, it's so detailed. It's a, like a dragon ship, like a kind of a, a pirate ship look with a dragon. And uh, yeah, it's so creative. I mean, that's so cool. You got the Viking helmets in the background, like kind of like dragon horns. And guess what the rows are? The rows on the big pirate ship are, uh, or big ship, whatever, like a grand ship, like a Viking ship more than a pirate ship, are, uh, are, are hockey sticks. Everything's in Fonze, so obviously it's in you know it's it's in the Quebec area, and everything's in French and their and their website, so it is what it is. It's in Fonze, um, <laughs> by Comeo Dracar, so the Dracar, and those jerseys are cool. They kind of got that kind of look like the Calgary Flames a little bit, which of course you know I like those jerseys. You know I do, you know I do. Uh, but that logo just blows me away. That is cool. That is cool. Yeah, they kind of like the Atlanta Flames actually. Yeah, they look like the Atlanta Flames. So I think I think we have a winner. Uh, I was kind of digging around. You you made me dig. You made me dig. Look at you, uh, man. These French Canadian ones are kind of cool. <laughs> let's. I don't even know how to say that one. Oh, let's see. Les Sagan. No, Sag Saganines. Saganines. 
The chick. Oh boy, I can't. I can't do it. How about the drum and voitures? Here we go. That one's kind of cool too. That's a little bit easier. Got you know Olympics. <laughs> Halifax Mooseheads. That's a little easier. Cape Breton Eagles is cool looking, but uh, I think the Drakkar is the winner. Uh, Arcadia Bethes Titans pretty cool too. That's a cool looking logo. The the Titan. Arcadia Bathurst. And if I'm mispronouncing everything, I'm sorry. But I'm kind of doing this on the fly. So I do apologize. Rampart is a cool name. A very cool name. But uh, the winner for me is Bayekameo Drakkar. That, that Bayekameo Kameo Kameo Camus. It's probably how it's really said. Camus Drakkar. When you think of Mario Lemieux, Camus Drakkar. That, that's a logo. That's a logo. Those are jerseys. So there's your winner. I love it. It's so detailed. I mean, you look at all the logos, and then there's one that just stands out over all of them, and that's the Dakar. I mean, how how is that not the best one? How, tell me. Tell me how that's not the best one. Titan, I think, is second in the uh, QMHL. It is just gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> at least for the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. It's unbelievable. I love it very much. Oh, man. Uh, if I want to dig around some more, maybe Ontario Hockey League. There's some cool ones here as well. The London Knights, that one's pretty cool. I know, London Knights, I know. Uh, London Knights, you got this team, you got that team. Everett Silvertips is kind of cool in the uh, WHL. Spokane Chiefs look cool, but it's partially because of our buddy uh, uh, <laughs> Fire Ants. I like that one. I like the Fire Ants. <laughs> the Fire Ants. I, I <laughs> That's a cool one, man. Oh man, it's it's cool. It's cool stuff. That might not be the right thing. Yeah, that's the wrong league. It's a different league though. It's something else. Oh man, complicated stuff. The Flint Firebirds. That's kind of a cool one. That's kind of a cool one. But for me again, I'm I gotta come back to the Drakkar. I I think uh, yeah, I think that's the winner. Spitfires. Okay, here we go. I like anything involving like a a a, a warplane. The Windsor Spitfires. That's OHL. That's a good one. Yeah, just like the the Houston Arrows for our, uh, they used to be our Minnesota Wild affiliate. Now it's the Iowa Wild, of course. They moved to Iowa anyway, as uh, Derek Felska mentioned a couple shows ago. Yeah, cool, cool. I, I like when you ask questions like this because, uh, yeah, some cool logos out there. The Belleville Bulls, blah, blah, blah. The Erie Otters, yep, who could forget them? Wild have had multiple members. Uh, the Griffins, that's a good one too. In the AA, but that's the AHL, so my apologies there. Uh, it's, yeah, because this is kind of showing everything. The Erie Otters, yep. Cool, I like Erie and all that. The Peets is not as interesting just because it's just a word, basically. Uh, the Whalers, how can you not like the Whalers? Yep, that's a, <laughs> that's a cool one. Which one is that? CHL, they're in the CHL, but still minor, minor, uh, it's still uh, junior hockey, CHL. The Whalers, gotta like that one. The Whale has been restored. The Whale has been Restored. Hartford Whalers would love to see that logo again. But uh, again, the Drakkar wins. Uh, absolutely. That's the winner. Uh, thank you for that question, Derek. Ooh, yep, I went on for a little while with that. But hey, you know, it's that kind of a question. Derek continues with another one. Have Have you been to any opposing arenas to watch an NHL game? If so, which ones? And if not, which ones would you like to go to? I have not. I don't travel a whole lot. And that was way before this social distancing nonsense if you want to call it that uh, I, yeah, I'm calling it nonsense because it's frustrating it's not because I hate it or it's not because I disagree with it I just think it's frustrating a little bit 
<sighs> and plus the phrase is overused more than anything in the history of mankind now. Other than, I know, right? <laughs> That's the only other phrase that gets used more often, I think, nowadays. Uh, but uh, I have not. Uh, I would love to go to... I would love to go to the new uh, Detroit arena. Uh, I would love to go to the Vegas Golden Knights building. That is just gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I mean, every time I saw them on the, the NHL package, NHL TV, whatever you want to call it, when I had that, I got a discount because it was mid-season, you know, one of those where you jump on board later in the year, so it's cheaper. Uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights is a beautiful arena. The colors, the atmosphere, it's great. Absolutely great. Even if they even if they don't know about hockey, so what? Then, then educate them. You know, it is what it is. I would love to go to Vegas. Um, Madison Square Garden is like one of the most interesting places ever. So, of course, Staples Center, I've seen it too much just from, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't really care about that one as much. Other than being in L.A. would be kind of cool or even Anaheim. Just to be there to, to, for the nice weather, so to speak. The uh, nice, dry, warmer weather there. But uh, Vegas, for me, takes the cake. I think I think that's one I'd like to go to see the most if I had an opportunity. Um Detroit would be cool, obviously. Nice, beautiful new arena. And um, that's just, I, I think that's where I'm going. And maybe one last one, just because, you know, in the Montreal, just to, just to pull in that atmosphere as well. It's just to pull in the atmosphere of one of the greatest franchises in sports history, if not the greatest. Uh, it's the greatest franchise in NHL history. But unfortunately for their case, it's uh, been a while. Uh, it would be cool to see Montreal. It, it truly would. But for me, I think Vegas is my top choice, if I could only pick one. Derek Felska says, yeah, with the NHL take, uh, ta- talking to arenas about availability of space in July and August, one, do you think that will happen? Probably not. Uh, if so, will any fans be allowed to attend? No. Uh, the fans will not be allowed to attend. Oh, I think this was last week. But uh, no, yeah, it was. It was eight days ago. Yeah, I did answer that one. I'm guessing no and no. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Sorry about that. That was last week. Uh what players in Minnesota Wild history would you say, this is Derek again, were the best at, fo- uh, at the following skills? Best skater, Wes Walls and Marion Gabrick. <laughs> if I could say, uh, Wes Walls and Marion Gabrick are the best skater. Best wrist shot, well, probably Gabrick. Best slap shot, Dumba. Dumba, yep, Dumba. And Stakarish had a hell of a slap shot, didn't he? Lubromir Stakarish. Had a hell of a slap shot. And uh, what was the other one that broke his femur? I'll have to look that one up here in a second. Best passer, Granlund. And uh, Granlund, best passer. Or uh, Mr. Uh, either Granlund or uh, uh, Pierre-Marc Bouchard for the best passer. But I think Granlund, just absolutely great. The best hitter, Cal Clutterbuck. And, of course, <laughs> you know, Derek Bougard. And if you want to say best player, that's an easy choice. Derek, Derek Bougard. His, his only competition would have been Matt Johnson, the original designated fighter, basically. It looks like those days have kind of gone past us, and God bless uh, Derek Bugard and his family. Unfortunately, as, uh, he's been gone for a while now. God rest his soul. Uh, best, best shot, slap shot, definitely Dumba, and and uh, I'm trying to forget who that other uh, defenseman was years ago. I'm going to have to dig for that here as I'm talking. And now it's literally just coming back to me. I don't have to dig at all. Uh, Curtis Foster, that's who it was. I didn't even have to dig. It was just starting to come back. Curtis Foster, that guy had a hell of a slap shot. He basically relied on it. It was the only way he scored goals, but he would get a few. Curtis Foster. Uh, Dumba, I think, is the best. That's why they call him the Dumb Bomb. Not so much this year, though, but uh, before that doggone uh, injury he had, he was absolutely great. Uh, absolutely loved the, the Dumb Bomb, but obviously uh, the only other choices would be Curtis Foster 
And uh, Lubomir Sekarash, who could get over 100 miles an hour on hits. It was pretty good stuff at the end of the day. Good stuff. Let's see if we can continue where we were. If this moron upstairs had stopped banging around, I don't know what he's doing. Jay Bushy, welcome back, buddy. Welcome back, Jay Bushy. <clears throat> he says, Do you think the Wild will have Kaprizov signed by May 1st? I will say yes. I will say yes, and I pray to God they will. Uh, but I will say yes. It's, the focus is still on this and that, and there's no reason why that should shut down. I mean, this is a worldwide thing. There's no reason why a free agency like that should shut down because they were basically planning on the same thing. And if Kabrizov signed with Minnesota and he was able to play, it would have been in the second round, people were always saying. So I think, yes, I think it's still going to happen. I think uh, I don't think uh, Bill Guerin is just going to say, well, I guess we can't do anything right now. I'm sure he'll still focus and get that thing done. And, yeah, I, I pray to God that does happen. And I will say yes, stepping out in faith, Jay. Tom Hayen says, what happens to the draft pick in the soccer, in the soccer steal <laughs> when the season gets the plug pulled on it? Nothing. It, it'll still be there. It'll still be there. Uh, it, it, it still counts. We'll base, it'll basically be wherever the uh, the Penguins are in the standing. So it'll still be where it would have been either, anyway. It's basically we're frozen in time. I'm sure that's how they're going to handle it if the season does get the plug pulled on it, and I believe it will. Or if the, yeah, even if they play a playoffs... I think the draft pick will be where it stands today. So when you kind of look around at that, which at this moment would be the 24th pick in the draft. So it's basically if Pittsburgh misses the playoffs, then uh, the Minnesota Wild end up, you know, end up picking it out. The Minnesota Wild end up getting the pick. Unfortunately, it's a little on the later side in the draft, but it's still a first-round pick. Right now in the mock draft on my NHL draft, it's Emil Andre. Five foot nine, only five foot nine. Interesting. We'll see what happens. Left shot defenseman. Well, we do need another left shot defenseman in the system now because it's all right, which is really rare and unusual. If things just kind of stood where they are, which they always do for a minute, so we almost never get to move up. We'd pick eleventh, unfortunately, because we had our little late season surge. There was a time we were going to pick like fourth or fifth. Connor Zary, center, out of the uh, the the Cam Loops of the WHL. The Cam Loops of the W. HL. So, interesting there. Or out of Kamloops. Not the Kamloops. Kamloops is the, the city there. So, we'll see what happens in the nice center there. Hopefully. Hopefully you can uh, get it done. It's still Alexis Lafreniere. Still uh, scheduled to go first overall to Detroit. But who knows? The, 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 the top-ranked team almost never gets it in both the NBA and the NHL. We'll see what happens. But if Detroit gets it, good for them. They'll be on their way to building their their uh, their next dynasty. <laughs> we'll see what happens with Lafreniere. Got a Minnesota Wild question. So, yep, Derek Felska was encouraging people to come on board. <clears throat> that might be it. Nope. One, nope, he said last call. So that that is it. Uh, thank you guys very much for your questions. It just always adds to the show. And got to come up with a pretty cool logo there. The Drakkar. The Drakkar. <laughs> uh, by Bay Camus. Dracar, Bay Camus Dracar. I might be mispronouncing it, but forgive me. We'll, we'll get that corrected sometime down the road. But that is the uh, the top logo in jerseys for me in major junior uh, major junior hockey. That's the winner right there. It's just it's just it just stands out. You look at all of them, and then there's that one. There's just no competition as far as I'm concerned. Other than that, I think the Titan is, is kind of cool too. It's definitely not nearly as detailed, but I like the gothic look of that one. That's why I like that one too. It's got that gothic, cool look. And, of course, the, the Drakkar is kind of gothic here as well, I'd have to say. But it's more a mythical, if anything. 
Um, that is uh, creativity at its finest. With that said, I can't thank you guys enough for joining the show and adding the questions. And Derek Pelscott of Crease and Assist, highly recommended. Dude, look that up. He will be on the show again. Just uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be probably going to be having a regular co-host at any time soon, unless I get a nine to five job one of these years. That's the only way I could ever consider having a co-host. If I just get a nine to five job where I don't need a second job, a nine to five job that you know is uh, well paid, <laughs> that type of thing then maybe I'll head that direction. But at this stage, it just kind of is what it is. It'll be an occasional co-host up and on a couple times a year here, here and there, uh, given opportunities, this and that. Uh, or maybe we win the Stanley Cup. You, you, you better think there's going to be somebody on the show one way or another. With that said, you can also join the show, though, independently. This is how you can join the show independently, including Derek Felska, if you want to, is by uh, calling in, basically. Uh, audio submission. Every smart device on the planet has a free voice recording application. Simply, basically open it up, hit record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, email it to, you know, you save it, and then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. That email will be in the show description, so you'll be able to see it anytime. Copy and paste or whatever you want to do with that to get it to me. I will then convert it into an MP3 file, thanks to zumzar.com. They give me a free service because it's not a big file. So I'm more than happy to give them a free plug for that. No question about it. Uh, and then you'll be on the show. You'll be on the show in the fan interaction segment, <clears throat> probably before the questions. You can ask questions. You can comment. You can woohoo this or whatever it is. You can go on for about five minutes if you want to. And then, heck, and if it's like a, a major thing you really have to say, if you want to go longer, I suppose it's fine. <clears throat> Especially Derek. I think he'd get a green light for that. See, that's how Derek could still get on the show, every show, if, if, if he wants to. You can always call in if you want to for like five minutes or something like that. You have a comment or two about Brennan Menel or your thoughts about the, the new Seattle team's name and logo, which may eventually come out one of these decades. Who knows? Like, whatever your conversation is, and that could be any of you out there, Tom or whatever, uh, Tom, Jay, <clears throat> some of you guys out there. And, of course, hashtag BTWMN, hashtag BTWMN. I'm really, really, really enjoying that. Keep those coming here and there. Also, again, be aware, this is the last regularly scheduled show until next fall, as the shows will be released sporadically. Obviously, State of the Wild will come out sometime in June, as it usually does. Maybe earlier this year, depending on how things go, but we'll see. Probably in June at some point, because that's usually when I do both this one and the Timberwolves Explosion uh, State of the Timberwolves episode like I do annually. <clears throat> and then, of course, there's free agency and all that. A free agency show that happens a little later, like in July, something like that, like a draft review and free agency conversation, who the Wild signed. Maybe there's a big trade between now and then as well. Have some conversations. So there's at least two shows between now and July. <laughs> That's at least two. Maybe there'll be another one or two mixed in. Maybe a short Kirill Kabrizov show because we got him signed. Who knows what happens. Or something else. Who knows? Maybe you'll just come back here and there, get caught up on questions, this and that, because you can keep the questions coming. And if a, sh- a show has a lot of questions, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's good. It just adds to the show. Because maybe I won't ramble on as much, this and that. That's the only difference, possibly. And I hope I haven't rambled on too much on this one. With that said, uh, if you could write a positive rating on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, would be greatly appreciated. If you have an account for that, you know, just uh, please give a positive rating. It helps other people. Uh, that might be looking for a good uh, Minnesota Wild podcast, uh, choose this one. That would be nice. With that said, greatly appreciated in advance if you have the time to do that. Otherwise, I totally understand. Hope all of you have a safe uh, hey, safe spring. Stay healthy. Stay clean. You know, stay clean. Stay smart. Stay. Uh, I'm not going to say stay at home because uh, if you want to go outside 
or you're you're still you're still able to work this and that go ahead and do what you're going to do but again just be safe this and that be safe be smart as we say uh god bless you and we will talk to you sooner hopefully sooner than later anyway